How's it going, everybody? You're listening to the Famous Dead People podcast, the only podcast that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jared Bernstein, and I am exhausted. I just got back from a week of doing stand-up on the road. I was gone from sev- for seven days, and I had shows every day except for one, and every day we were driving to a new city. And the last day that we were on the tour, we had a seven-hour drive from uh, Milwaukee to Des Moines, Iowa, we get to the hotel, we go do the show, we get back to the hotel, we go right to sleep, and then I had to get up at 5.30 in the morning for an 8 a.m. flight back to New York today. Oh boy, am I exhausted. But you are going to love this episode because it's got two of my favorites, Sean Wickens and Rebecca Robles. Uh, they are portraying the former first lady of Argentina, Eva Peron and early 20th century American actor famous for playing the bad guy, Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, Lionel Barrymore. Uh, don't forget to uh, check out all those, both of those guys' dope projects. Um, and also, don't forget that you can check out the freshest episodes every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Hit us up at famousdeadpeople at radiofreebrooklyn.org. Buy my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. Rate and review the podcast. Tell your friends. And of course, check out jaredbarenstein.com for all the latest updates on upcoming projects and shows. And I should have some cool videos dropping on my YouTube channel soon, so go check that out as well. But for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy Lionel Barrymore and Eva Peron only on Famous Dead People. Famous dead people. It's time. Famous dead people. Time to start the show. Famous dead people. People you know. Famous dead people. Famous dead people. The story stuck in the head. My guests today on Famous Dead People are former First Lady of Argentina and subject of the musical Evita, Maria Eva Duarte de Perón, a.k.a. Eva Perón. Oh, hello, hello. And uh, early 20th century American stage and screen actor famous for his portrayal of Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, Lionel Barrymore. <gasps> Good morning. Oh. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Barrymore, Ms. Perone, thank you so much for joining us here on Famous Dead People. I have to stop you right there. Uh, okay. Peron. 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 Mm. Am I saying it right? Uh, Peron. Yes. Oh, Peron. Closer. Getting close. <laughs> I feel like he's getting closer. Close. Okay, well, I'll do my best. Uh, let's start off with you, Ms. Uh, Pero- Peron. Uh-huh. Okay, so you had an incredible, though short life. Uh, as a performer and a political figure. And yes. I have to imagine that a lot of what you did in politics was influenced by your early life. Your father was a wealthy man who had a second main family and your family was kind of like a side family. Uh-huh. And then, um, at, you know, that was kind of customary for wealthy men to have multiple families in Argentina at the time. Yeah. Uh, and when uh, at one point he decided he was going to stay with his legitimate family, he left your family in Ooh. extreme poverty. Uh, is that right? Am I getting the details of the of the story correct? I mean, more or less. When you have having multiple families is so it's so good, and I wish people brought that back. More dads need to bring that back. You think you think it's good? Yes, because when you fuck up with one family, you can just sort of take a break and go like. Do better with the other family. It's oh, so nice. Ah, it's okay. brilliant. Yes. Okay, so it's like you're, uh, you know, I 
Oh God! To do over. Uh-huh. Uh, my wife's mad at me. I forgot to right. do whatever. You can like just sort of bounce around I'm just gonna until dip, you figure it out. I'm just gonna dip out of here for a hot <laughs> second and uh, go hang out with my with my other family, and they're not mad at me right now. Exactly. That makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, when you you were only one when your dad left uh-huh. to go stay with his legitimate family, so I'm guessing Ooh, that you don't have any like that work. <laughs> Well, I just mean that in like in the legal sense, you know? No, no, I don't mean to say that like his, the other wife and children were any better than you and your side of the family, Uh but I mean just like he was married to that woman. Let's call him the apple family and the orange family. Yes. Thank you so much. Much kinder terms. So so your side of the family, the Perons. Uh, The oranges. The oranges. Okay. He decided to go, he was going to be with the apples full time, which of course made you... An orange child, which was looked down upon in society at the by time. By the apples. By, yes. the, by the apples. <laughs> uh, so, but you're so young. Like, I'm assuming that you don't have any memory of like a change that happened from when he was coming around and supporting you to when you were living in poverty. Like, you only knew poverty, right? Yes, yes. I I only knew poverty, mm-hmm. and I found how to, you know, make the best of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, oh, like, like, what were some of the things that you used to do? Examples, follow-ups. To, 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 to try to make the best of your situation, yeah. Well, I would take... Oh, Lionel, you're going to love this. Oh. <laughs> I found a way to sort of like um, take like uh, bed sheets and make them into pants. <laughs> I, it was a real highlight. Oh, so you were sort of you were you were a, a maverick, a fashion maverick. Oh, resourceful. Yeah. Yes. Well, this is where a lot of fashion comes from. You know, it it can sort of permeate through extreme poverty. People noticed like, oh, I had to wear bigger clothing because we couldn't afford to get clothing that fit. All of a sudden, baggy clothing suddenly un- in vogue. You know, everybody wants to wear baggy clothing. Oh, you know, the 90s are back. Does something happen <laughs> similar to you and your sheets where people were like, <laughs> yeah. these sheet pants look amazing. Oh, yes. Ava, where in, on did earth they, did, did you get them? Did they make anyone <laughs> sleepy? <laughs> yes, that's exactly what I was going. Because they're but, so comfortable. And also, well, because they look like sheets. Exactly. <laughs> if I saw someone wearing a pillow for a hat, I would want to take a nap. Um, Immediately. Yeah. Does really does, does bed things have that much of a visceral reaction on your brain? Absolutely. Really. Yes. So you just see your bed. We better yeah. stop talking about it. I might <laughs> nod off. When I see someone wearing a baseball cap, mm-hmm. I immediately want garlic fries and to be at a baseball game. Because that's how you associate with a baseball game. You always get garlic fries at baseball games. Yes. Is that an Argentinian thing? I've never heard of that before. It garlic came fries. from Argentina. Oh, yes. Garlic see. fries. I didn't know I that. I think the World Series is originated there. <laughs> yes. I think. Garlic fries are on the coat of arms. Mm-hmm. Are they? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Last question I wanted to ask you about. The, the... last question? <laughs> Already? <laughs> about about your your two families. All right. Uh, did you ever see any of your father's Apple family around? What we're calling the Apple family, of course. I mean, the legitimate family, the oh, w- woman that he was actually married to. I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to twist the knife. I just want to make things clearer for the listeners. Okay. <laughs> so. Did I ever see them around? Yeah. Did you ever see them around? Like you know, they're living the high life. They have mm-hmm. you know his money and everything. You know, like and and you are of course. Your family, you gotta wear, you gotta wear uh, bed sheet pants, you know. Yes, um, I did see them around, mm-hmm. and 
It was painful. Oh, that must have been. It yeah. was so painful. I did see them around and it it really fueled me for like one day I'm going to be the star of a musical. <laughs> and you will all be Such shy. a beautiful voice you have. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it sort of came true in in a way, but well, that's neither here nor there. Uh, let's move back over to uh, Lionel Barrymore for just a moment. Okay. So, as I mentioned in your so intro, so I get a break. So you get—I mean, but well, you can contribute, of course. Okay. Like absolutely, an open interview. I'm sure Lionel will be happy to hear your contribution. Of course. Uh, so, as I mentioned in your intro, uh, you are most well known for having played the villain in the movie *It's a Wonderful Life*. Yes. Mr. Potter, the miserly and mean-spirited banker. Uh, but I we, remember. But we almost didn't get to see you as Mr. Potter. What? For a couple of reasons. I don't know. Uh, I don't know this. Which I'm sure you're well familiar with. I uh, might. I don't know. The first being that It's a Wonderful Life was kind of an obscure movie for a while. It didn't really become a holiday classic until decades later. It was a bomb. It was a bomb. All right. And so you at the time, you know, you filmed this movie. You're a legendary actor already. You got a you got a very stable career. You do this movie, It's a Wonderful Life, it flops, and then you're thinking, all right, just on to the next thing, right? Like, you didn't, you weren't hanging your hat on Mr. Potter, right? I was always on the move. Mm-hmm. Yes. On to the to bigger things and better things. And it must be so weird now to, to the, the thing that you're most famous for is that little blip in your career, that little one job that didn't even make a dent at the time. Well, I had fun. <laughs> um... Uh, I yeah. never really, I don't really, th- I didn't, I, I don't really think about it that way. I am an actor mm-hmm. and I act and I do the lines and mm-hmm. then I leave <laughs> and then it's done. Yeah. Gotcha. You don't have any kind of emotional attachment to the work. You just, you go in there, you do your job. Oh, I do. You do have an of emotional Of course. Okay. Every part, mm-hmm. it's, you pour your heart and soul into it and Did- then it's, then you, and it's done. And then you pour your heart and soul into something else. And then you leave to go put your heart and soul into something yes. else. Yes. That's okay. how it goes. I think It's a Wonderful Life is the worst movie <laughs> ever made. What? Oh, my God. It's not your fault, actually. Eva Peron. It's not your fault. But I really, this is something. Why don't you like It's a Wonderful your Life? issues? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... First of all, it is not a wonderful life. Life is so hard and there's no point. And <laughs> it's a lie from start to end. And that poor man, the skinny one. Jimmy Stewart. Oh, <laughs> so weak. He doesn't follow what he wants to do. He lets everyone else tell him what to do. But I mean, he discovers a love of community at the same time. No. Though. <laughs> the community is what kills him. I hate. I sometimes like. Do we see him die? <laughs> uh, I, I mean, remember. sort of. Oh. Like he tries to kill himself in the middle. He's of the movie. literally oh, yes. piled on. His family's piled on top of him at the end, mm-hmm. and he's in front of that awful tree. <laughs> and it is so sad to think about his little suitcase with all the stickers of countries he's never been to. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in you My know, look at in that she's light. Right. <laughs> It's this, a horrible movie. Does this change how you feel about it, Mr. Potter? I'm sorry, Lionel Barrymore? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you were great. You were the only character I could get behind. Well, what, you you were a fan playing, of Mr. Potter? I yes. was playing somebody very opposite from myself. I'm actually <laughs> lovely. <laughs> I'm sure you are, Lionel Barrymore. Yes. I don't see how you couldn't be. But I wanted to ask you, I mean, like, there, he's not the only... 
uh, miserly mean character that you played. You were also famous at the time for uh, go on. Uh, for two decades, you were the voice of Ebenezer Scrooge in the annual <laughs> Christmas Carol radio broadcasts. Uh, it seems like a, a niche that yes. you're really good at. This kind of like mean, miserly old man. Is that right? I was cast with what I was cast at. Oh. I don't <gasps> have any control over. It. Okay, that's very zen. Uh, mm. So that so you're saying like mm. I just I got was, put in things. You, you didn't yes, have any direction right. that you're trying to make your career go. In. I was. I wanted to paint. Oh. Yes, yes. I will ask I, you about that. Oh my! Oh my God! <laughs> I am George Bailey. Oh yeah! I didn't do what I wanted to do. Well, now hold on a second. You did uh, go to Paris for a little while to try to be a painter. I don't want to yes. go. I don't want to get too I far ahead. That sticker on my suitcase. <laughs> I don't want to get too far ahead of things. But it, I know that you didn't have a love. Uh, uh... Get too far ahead. You started with "It's a Wonderful Life." Now we're going back to Paris. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I wanted to start with that, and then we we're going to go to your, the early life. Oh, late, er, later I in the wish, interview. I wish they still gave out stickers at customs. Do they, they not? No. Well, I mean, they no. stamp your passport. They just give That's out cool. uh, frisks. <laughs> just give them out for yes. free. Yes. They stamp your passport, so you always have that. Not in, in, always. That is until you get that passport renewed, and then those stamps are oh no, they're gone. Then they're just a uh, they're they're part of your own personal history. Here's I'm gonna throw something at both of you. Okay. <gasps> How about a sticker for your passport that is scratch and sniff, <laughs> and it smells like the country you were in. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I'm just throwing this garlic fries. Yes, <laughs> for Argentina. Uh, yes. Of course, garlic fries would be for Argentina. Yum. Maybe uh, Italy. You could smell like pasta and olive mm. oil. No, uh, those and, things have no smell. What do you mean those things don't have any smell? Everyone at home, close your eyes. Does pasta smell <laughs> yes, like picture anything? Yes, picture the scent of a noodle. Pasta scent <laughs> yeah. of a noodle. Oh, I yeah. love that movie. You know, oh. uh, so. <laughs> So what I wanted to ask you about Ebenezer, like, mm. um, you know, obviously your voice is so great for the character of Ebenezer. Uh, could Why? we get could we get a little Why? taste? <laughs> a could taste. We get, could we get a little taste of Ebenezer Scrooge from the Christmas Carol, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Mr. Lionel Barrymore? Well, it's been a while, but um, um well, okay. Uh, if I could call on uh, Miss Ava Perone to play uh, Cratchit. <gasps> yes. Okay. Who is Cratchit in a, a Christmas Carol? He's the the man who works for me. If oh, you if you ever saw right. the Disney cartoon version, he was. I think you were played by Mickey Mouse. Oh yes. <laughs> if that's if that's I don't know if that's too. That, that's what confusing. jarred yes. Ava Perone's memory. I yes. was the muse for Mickey. Yes. Okay. Right. Oh yeah, I, I did read about that. <laughs> okay. So, uh-huh. okay, so we, o- we open on the office okay. and it's Christmas Eve. Okay. okay. No, only one piece of coal <gasps> in the heater. Oh, oh, <laughs> no. Cratchit, yes. And I'm going to need for you to come in tomorrow on Christmas Day. Oh, wow. Bah. Oh. That Humbug. is unbelievable. Wait, you that... ran. O- you talked over her. She had I a line. I noticed that. <laughs> I noticed that. But I'm so used to that. What, oh. what, what was the next line? What was Crackett's line? That Crackett. Yeah, isn't, it, isn't the character's name Crackett? You're, think, uh, you're thinking of Miami Vice, <laughs> Sunny Crockett and Tubbs. Gotcha. Okay. Different. Different It's a ch, not a k. What was the line that you were that you were gonna say that I that I, I, mean, I cut I off? I completely forgot. <laughs> 
She was so distraught about missing can Christmas we, with her family. Can oh. we skip to the end where you where you're changed man and oh, you're yes. and you're happy and you say buy me a Christmas goose? Uh, oh, uh, my favorite scene. Mm-hmm. Ah, boy. And now I want you to play. The oh, I'll be the boy. Boy, what day is it? Uh, boy, today, sir. It's a day's Christmas day. Jeez, that's a good accent. <laughs> well, quick, take these gold. Buy the biggest goose in the window. The biggest goose, and bring it here. It's oh. not for you. It's for me and the Cratchits. <laughs> but then Mickey says, yes. "Don't buy the biggest goose because that's a pregnant goose." Oh. <laughs> was, that uh, the, yeah. was that in the? Yeah. Was that in the cartoon? I and remember that. And if you get a pregnant goose, then. You have to take care of all Boy, the buy geese. the biggest non-pregnant goose from the butcher <laughs> shop. Oh, okay, I'll do that. I just realized that the butcher is open on Christmas Day. That's horrible. Well, mm. Yeah, that's evil. Well, Ooh. I think I think uh, everything being closed on Christmas is kind of a contemporary thing that's happened. You might be right. I mean, I'm not a historian. Uh, if you're just hmm. joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn, and my guests today are early 20th century American actor Lionel Barrymore. Hello. And former first lady of Argentina, Eva Perón. Yes. Hola. <laughs> so... Uh, Ava Perone, uh-huh. though you would eventually become a political icon, your early ambitions were similar to Lionel Barrymore for acting. Yes. Uh, your first role was in a school play called Students Arise. Do you remember this production? Uh-huh. Okay, so I wanted to, this is where you caught the acting bug, I'm, I'm guessing, was this, Absolutely. this play. Students Arise. Sounds students very arise. socialist. Uh, well, the, 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 the Wikipedia described it as like a very passionate, like patriotic kind of a, mm. kind of a school play. Uh, could you, do you, tell, do you tell us about the show, like what your role was in it? And, uh, yes. So mm-hmm. we open on a school bell mm-hmm. and then, and then. Like the sound of a school bell. Uh-huh. Okay. And all of the students are in hot pants that are glittery gold, like sequins, that kind of sequin fabric that when you touch one way, it's one color. Ooh. And then you touch the other way and it becomes that. a totally different color. Okay. Very important to the story. <laughs> and then. So we open on that and then everyone's like, oh no, oh no, the lunch, the lunch is too short. We need a longer lunch. Oh. Who will save us? And then that's me. That's my part. I made lunchtime longer. So this is like about a student rebellion for making lunch longer. Yes. Fun. Uh-huh. I like that. <laughs> and then I made the lunchtime longer. Mm-hmm. I stood up on my desk and I demanded the change. Mm, wow. Wow, what a what a great show! Bravo. What a great show for kids! I know it really teaches civil civic responsibility too. I think totally. you know if you have a problem with the system, you know you get up on a desk and you change it. Yes. So then you leave home in 1934. You leave home. You're 15 years old. You go to Buenos Aires. Close. And you, <laughs> you and you pursue your dream. But there are multiple reports as to how that happens. Some people say. That you shacked up with a young musician, and the two of you went to Buenos Aires together. Well, that we all did that. <laughs> uh, some people say your mom took you for a specific audition. There were even some people say that you had an affair with a tango singer named Augustin Magaldi. Hmm. Uh, could you tell us what the story is? How you eventually made it to the the city of Buenos Aires? Oh, woof. <laughs> Will anyone know what he said? I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Lionel, you try. Say that. Buenos Aires. Perfect. What? That can't be right. Absolutely pitch perfect. (laughs) I have a trained voice. So I guess it's Buenos Aires. Is that it? 
Does that sound good? Does that Buenos sound bad? Aires. It's, it was exactly as our Lionel said. As Lionel said. Okay. Um, so close. All of those stories you said happened, but that is not why I did whatever you said. I well, did. that's not how you made it to Buenos Aires. Right. How I made it was much more like boxcar children books style. Okay. I, you know, put all of my shit in (laughs) in a little in a pillowcase and then (laughs) (laughs) sorry. Lionel Barrymore threw it over. That's so rude. I I heard someone say a pillowcase and I I got it. I threw it over my shoulder Mm -hmm. and then I jumped on a train. Mm. I made friends with everyone on the train. There were were a lot of people on the train. Yes. Mm -hmm. You have to make friends with the community and then everyone will help you out and you'll get ahead. Oh, interesting. It's so important to have a huge personality when you have no money. Gotcha. And so then I had my little pillowcase and then... Oh, no. Oh, wait. Now I remember. (laughs) And then I just sort of jumped off the train with my shit Mm -hmm. and then, yes, just started like meeting people, getting free coffee. And then you're like, I am in Buenos Aires. Oh, close. (laughs) But I didn't jump immediately to like having affairs. It was much simpler. I just sort of befriended people at cafes so that I would get scones and coffee and you were surviving on scones and coffee. I did. Okay. And then I eventually, you know, then Began started... Began to take lovers. Yes. I see. But first you need to do the other thing. Yes. So you need to make friends. First you, you need, need to have to a community. Eat. You need to eat. You need to eat. Uh, girls gotta eat. Yes. As the expression goes. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Lionel Barrymore for just a moment. Still here. Uh, so, uh, as I mentioned before, one of the other reasons why we almost didn't get to see you play Mr. Potter was because though you were born into an acting family, one of the famous acting Barrymores, you were originally reluctant to follow in the family trade. What? This is a, this is a quote from you. It's true. Uh, <laughs> yes. This is the quote, quote from me. you. Uh, quote, I didn't want to act. I wanted to paint or draw. The theater was not in my blood. <gasps> I uh, said it. So here's my question. Uh, would you be able to describe for us what repelled you from acting or was it more that you were just like really attracted to painting drawing music that stuff I was there something specific about theater and acting that you didn't want to be a part of I (laughs) wanted to be my own man I wanted to strike out into the world and and do my own thing. <gasps> I didn't fam- want to be forced into... Your family is handing you this acting career on a silver yes. platter, and you're like, I want to work for something. Uh, I want to earn yeah. it. You right. know? Okay, now was there a yeah. moment that, that where it switched for you? Was was every I moment... I needed to eat. <laughs> Lionel Barrymore needed scones. Yes, this is Lionel's scone <laughs> yes. coffee story. Yes, and... Painting wasn't cutting it. Drawing and doodling wasn't paying the bills. You gotta eat. Uh, Boys gotta eat, as the expression goes. I was sitting at home in front of my sketch pad. Mm -hmm. What to draw? The muse wasn't coming. And the phone rang. Lionel, Broadway needs you. So reluctantly, I went to Broadway. Oh, my God. And learned my lines. 
So you, so that's the story of how you eventually got started. Yes, you gave yourself in, but I mean, at some, I didn't want the theater. The theater wanted Lionel Barrymore. At some point, you must have, you know, been financially secure enough where you could have done something else. But you kept you acted until until your very last Are you day. Pushing me. I just no. I just wanted to know if Jared, you, get your hands off Lionel. No, wow. I, look, my, I just was trying to emphasize my point. I wasn't trying to be physically. He's a passionate man. Intimidating. I am an old man. I know, and Lionel, I can only imagine. Yes. How many times your breasts were grabbed ah. on the Broadway? <laughs> Life. Oh, I've heard so many stories. By producers taking advantage of young actors. How many times did you get your dick twisted or or your butthole tickled by producers because you were a young boy acting? Or did your family protect you? You had all these other Barrymores there. Broadway Judy Garland me. (laughs) I was touched. I can only imagine. Uh, It must have been rough. This is something that I am not comfortable talking about. Because I'm sitting on my keys. <laughs> uh, yes. Oh, I'm sitting on something too. Oh, is it a chair? No, it's just some papers. Uh-oh. Some papers. I didn't do my taxes. Oh, so your no. taxes are b- below you, Ava I Baron? just realized that. <laughs> Let's all get comfortable. We, so we didn't even worry about that. So here's my question. Yes. So here's my question. You, asked it throughout, you acted throughout your entire life. Yes. Did you ever like it? Did you ever enjoy being an actor? Or I, was it always just to pay the bills? It was like... A very successful arranged marriage. I see. Oh, and you, I, you grew to appreciate it. I grew. It. The theater wanted me. <laughs> it wasn't like an Ava Peron. <laughs> Sorry. Lionel, that was so rude. I ate four scones on Man, the way We here. really are I only united. had time for one bite. <laughs> uh. Uh, but one of your so I wanted to ask you also about one of your early. I'm an uh, old man. I'm falling apart. One of your old, one of your early shows. You were in yes. a stage production of The Rivals at the age of 15. Ah, The Rivals. Your grandmother was in that show as well. She was an actor too. Granani. Uh, I'm sorry. What? Granani. Granani. That's what. Yes, we called her Granani. Granani. Okay. Uh, was it weird performing in a show with your with your grandma? Not with, at all. Because. No. When we are doing the show, I am my character, and my grandani is her character. Mm, so it's like you don't even know each yes. other. You're just two characters in a play. Well, we have characters who know each other. But mm, I want my familiar with. She, I'll hand it to her. She didn't make it weird. <laughs> she never. She never groped me. That's good. Oh, I'm yes. glad. Uh, you know, we're going to have to go to a break pretty shortly, uh, but let's go over to Ava Peron for just a moment. Uh-huh. Uh, so you managed to build a pretty successful life as a radio personality and an actress. How could I not? Okay. <laughs> I mean, that voice is just so beautiful. I know. And then when you're 25 years old, you are invited to the a... perfect age. You are invited to a charity event to help victims of a massive earthquake in San Juan. Yes. Uh, and that is where you meet the man that you would eventually marry, oh. Colonel Juan Perón. Uh-huh. Uh, and the two of you, are, you, you have an instant connection. You leave the, the reports that you left the party together at two o'clock in the morning. Oh. You would have done the same. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> what was it Was it about him? Was it just his energy? Did he look pretty? His like, what medals. Was his me- <laughs> getting, getting hotter. It was the uniform. Mm. <laughs> I mean, anyone, like my mother always said, a man in uniform, case closed, mm. any uniform, <laughs> postal uniform. In the in the trial of, am I going to hook up with uniform, you? 
every UPS, every mm-hmm. uniform is a win. It is a win. Uh, but I, I, you know, you didn't really have any kind of life in politics before that. So I'm wondering, right. like, how this interaction goes. You've got this colonel <laughs> here who clearly is involved in politics, and you are an actress. Two like, words, Ronald Reagan. Ro- I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Well, he was an actor who eventually went into politics. But I mean, what did you guys like? How did you hit it off? Like, what did you talk about? I mean, obviously, you're attracted to him because of his medals, you know, and his uniform. Right. Uh, The shoulders. Yeah. How did that interaction go? How did it begin? And and when was the moment that you that he was hooked, that you were hooked? Like, tell us about it. The moment he was hooked was, I mean, the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. But we clicked and connected because... It's so easy. I mean, you don't need to be a politician. I. It's just enigmaticness. That is my word. And <laughs> um, it is just, you know, like right away, right away. Like we both could control the people. Mm. And that's, oh. all it, that's all it took. So you were both so charismatic and you recognized another charismatic manipulator, another mover and a shaker. Yeah. And I'm really here to say, manipulate is actually i'm taking back that word mm. it's a beautiful word yeah let's call mm. let's let's take back that it's, a, it's got such a negative connotation no but, but you know good. there's a good manipulation that happens and you know? also he had seen me in students arise he, he saw the play that you were in when you were 15 years old yes and he was like oh wait a minute halfway through <laughs> our conversation he was like i've seen you before and we Did you give the school lunch the kid the lunch back to the kids? Is that yes. what he said? Yes, he was like, oh, Lionel, you're good." Now hold up a second, because you you were at this point a pretty successful actress, a a very well established radio personality, right? Uh, which is it, but why he didn't I recognize was... you from any of those no, things. Don't take why... that performance away from her. <laughs> Thank you. She crushed students' eyes. He was. I I love that he saw me at my roots, mm. and that's really. I was like, oh, I felt so seen. Oh, he had yeah. seen me wearing my gold shorts, mm-hmm. um, doing that show, yeah. leading the students. It's a little bit like somebody being like going up to Christina Ricci and being like, "Don't I know you from something?" And her being like, "Oh, here we go again. It's going to be Adam's family." And but they then- say mermaids. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. (gasps) That is exactly what I was getting at. Unfortunately, we got to take a short break, uh, but we'll be right back with Eva Perón and Lionel Barrymore on Famous Dead People. Stay with us. Hey, everybody. Just want to take a quick break to remind you to subscribe to Famous Dead People on iTunes or whatever app you are using to listen to podcasts. Rate us five stars. Leave a comment. Tell your friends. All that stuff helps us out a ton. And feel free to hit us up at FamousDeadPeople at RadioForBrooklyn.org if you want a specific Famous Dead person on the show or if you have any comments that you want to shoot over to us. Whatever we love hearing from fans. Uh, Also, check out my book, The Kellyanne Conway Technique. It is out now. It is hilarious. I hope that you will check that out and read that and uh, leave reviews, awesome reviews on Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com or whatever and tell your friends to read it because it's super funny and I want that money. Also, go check out JarrettBarrenson.com for all the latest on my show dates and uh, up-to-date project information. And lastly, if you really like Famous Dead People and you want to send us some money to help keep the show on the air, go to RadioForBrooklyn.org slash Famous Dead People and click on the Support the Show button. Thanks again for listening and now back to the podcast. 
Welcome back to Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. Famous Dead People, the only show that resurrects famous people from the grave and asks them all the hard questions. I'm your host, Jarrett Berenstein, and we are here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. My guests in the studio today are early 20th century American stage and screen actor, famous for his portrayal of Mr. Potter in It's a Wonderful Life, Lionel Barrymore. Mm, I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> <laughs> like Dirty Dancing, and former first lady of Argentina and subject Ooh. of the musical Avida, Maria Eva Duarte de Perón, a.k.a. Eva Perón. I have to stop you. Okay. Right it's Evita. Evita. Yes. Evita. Yes. Okay. Okay. I just want to make sure I'm getting that correct. Yes, uh, okay. me too. So, so let's uh, let's go back to um, your meeting, Eva Perón. Your first meet, your first meeting with Juan Perón, the man uh-huh. that you eventually oh, yeah. meet. You became lovers very quickly, right. uh, and you were so you you became so involved in his politics that you. Uh, start a daily radio program called Toward a Better Future. Yeah, good morning, which... Argentina. Wait, I'm sorry, what? Uh, well, it was actually called Good, good morning, morning, Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. Oh, well, Wikipedia has it as Toward a Better Future. That's wrong. Maybe there's like a translation. That has to be a translation error. Well, also, I don't know if anyone <laughs> out there knows this, but be careful because Wikipedia mm-hmm. is actually... Anyone can jump Anybody in and can edit Wikipedia. Things. That's why I like having you guys here. You can correct the records. You know? I know. Uh, thank so, God I'm here. Thank God you're here. So you were on. You started a radio show called Good Morning Argentina, uh-huh. uh, which dramatized the political accomplishments of Juan Perón. Right. And so I'm wondering, like, what did that sound like exactly? Because if you're doing things in politics, like I'm imagining, there's a lot of boring meetings and paperwork and stuff. That doesn't so sound dramatic. Meetings. So then, how did you dramatize some of the things that he was doing for Argentina before he was president? He was, I think, uh, I forget what job he had at the time, but he was involved in politics. Yeah. Yeah. So I would do that thing. I was actually the first person mm-hmm. to do that thing where you have the fun noises, the beeps and the whistles and the honks Ooh. and those disco sounds. Do you, mean, do you mean like a morning shock jock that'll have like yes. a or yes. like a ooga uh-huh. or <laughs> yes. those? The, so fun. The air, I had the air horns. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had prank the phone calls. Prank <laughs> phone calls. Yes. I Wait, love it. You I had, had prank phone calls. You have to. I would do that thing where I would... Um, we would hire people, actors uh, nearby, mm-hmm. to call in as though they had relationship issues, but it was really all. It was set fake up. relationship Ooh. issues. Mm-hmm. That's funny, but I mean, the, the Wikipedia says that it was more about the political accomplishments of Juan Perón. Right. But did you eventually get to that, or was it all just like morning shock jock fun well, stuff? It was like a little mix, but mm-hmm. we had mostly fun shit and then we would sneak in the politics stuff mm. okay you have to be you have to give people some spice yeah you uh, you know uh, uh, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down i don't know that as phrase. they say that's from <laughs> it's from mary poppins it's oh, very popular i didn't that's a bad movie you don't like mary poppins either no 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 what's wrong with mary poppins that looks like what the job she has looks like the worst job you could ever take. Well, she's just taking care of the uh, the bank's children. You know, she just want to make sure that uh, that uh, everybody they, that they grow up in a proper way and sort of heal the family. It's, You're describing a nightmare. It's, I mean, it's she's it's si- what she's, she's singing at. songs and she should be teaching them to read. Mm. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Let's see, uh, so can you give us a little taste? 
of what it was like to try to sneak some good politics in oh, oh, oh. to to Good Morning Argentina. Okay, so we'd have some honks, and then we'd have a disco whistle. Like mm-hmm. the, do you know the disco, the Donna Summer? Like you mean the one that's like, or the one that's yes, thank you, thank you. Okay, we'd have that, and then all of a sudden, like. This just in, some, the bombs have dropped. Oh my God. Everyone get under the piano. And then that's how I would let the people know, like, uh-oh, uh-oh. real stuff is going on, mm, people. Wow. Pay attention. I think that sounds very effective. Yeah. I think it's very, very smart. Uh, let's go back over to uh, Lionel Barrymore for just a moment. So uh, it's 1906. Yes. You were 28 years old. You were in a series of plays that did not go well. I remember. So you and your first wife, Doris Rankin, you decided to leave your stage careers and travel to Paris where you will train to be an artist. We left, yes. Uh, so I wanted to ask you first, before we get into what happened in Paris, because yes. I'm interested in that too, I want to ask you first about that run of theatrical failures. Like, was it just bad luck? Was there something going on where every show that you were in wasn't going well? Was there something going on with you personally? Like, how does that just happen where every show you're in for a while just doesn't do well? Broadway was young. Mm. And this is a t- this was a time... When people didn't know what intermissions were. (gasps) (laughs) So people were leaving. Oh, no. And then not coming back for the end of the show. (gasps) And everyone's like, that show was garbage. Yes. It was only 45 minutes long. No resolutions. And I don't know what's going to happen to those characters. Oh, my goodness. All cliffhangers, all all bad endings. We had to to embark on a, a... on a on a on a promotional campaign to educate the viewing public of that what an intermission was. Gotcha. So th- you guys, there's a second act, and that's how I got into there's radio. A second act. Yes. So Wait, I, that's I, you... I recorded a radio spot to tell people that there's an intermission in plays, and I'm not leave. Do you remember that radio spot? Do you remember how it sounded? Yeah. Uh, this is Lionel Barrymore, star of stage, not radio, but I'm on the radio to tell you that if you see a play. And it ends. It's not over. <laughs> but see, you're missing. Yes, take a break. What you <laughs> needed. Back. Yes. What you needed were the beeps and the air horns. Oh, and the yes. Fun, the, oh. the fun sounds, the farts. The maybe that maybe that yes. message would have uh, maybe would have resonated a little more if you had had some of those noises. I wish that... I had known. I wish I could have. Yeah. Heard. If only Eva Peron had been around yeah. before this, you yeah. know. Um, but I gotta that. say, the message you just said was a little confusing because it doesn't say there's a thing called an intermission in the middle of the play. You just said if yes. the play ends, that's not the end. Right. So were people just like staying? Even after the actual end of the show was happening, because of your message, I that- left. I, 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 I'm out of here. So I you went, went to, to Paris. Paris. You're like, this is your mess. You guys can clean That's it up. That's right. Okay, so mm. now we're now we're in Paris. You now, stay there for three years. Yes. You train as a painter, uh, but then after those three years, you failed to achieve success. So you decide to return to the United States and back to acting. Is well, that re- correct? Well, the reason Paris didn't go over well, okay, was. I was a homeschooled boy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there were other languages in different countries. <laughs> so for three years, my wife and I just—what are these people saying? Right. We didn't. We had no clue. <gasps> it was very confusing. You must have thought you be, were going crazy. Oh, well, we no. thought we thought we were surrounded by loony people <laughs> or stutterers. You poor, poor thing. Yes. So, so this, the three years you... we stuck to it. Okay, and we tried. I painted well, but 
every time somebody wanted to buy something, and I and I I only had American money on me, <laughs> it, it just didn't work out. Uh, that so is a defeated, real I climbed onto a boat. At any point, back. at yes. any point, did you realize your mistake? Either when you were 20, 30, 40, 50 years old. At any point, when I were got, you like literally the first thing that my grandnanny said to me when I got back was, "Did you learn French?" And I said, "What?" <laughs> And also, oh. between your 20s to 50s, you are still learning and growing. It's true. It's okay. It's really not till after your 50s that you start to That you learn. stop. Ava Perone, you think that when you're 50 is when you're first yourself because you're just learning and learning and learning and growing. Think, yeah, if you're, until a, then. you're a sponge until you're 50 and then you're a brick. <laughs> exactly. You're still... Every your brain is still growing. Mm, you don't know. Everyone should have a pass until they're at least fifty. Until they're at least fifty years old. I mean, yeah. that's pretty fair, I think. Um, so uh, going back to Ava Peron for just a moment. So let's take, skip over to 1945. Okay. Okay. So uh, your husband. Uh, Juan, mm -hmm. he becomes president. Yes. You know, very popular, the two of you. Uh, uh, but good, uh, actually, sorry, good. this is before he becomes president, 1945. Oh, oh. oh. They were worried that he was becoming too popular. They feared that his popularity would <laughs> eclipse the sitting president. Lame. Lame. Uh, so about, uh, so he, they arrest him because mm -hmm. they're worried about how popular he is. He's only in jail for six days before 300,000 people come and protest in front of the government building and demand mm -hmm. Juan's release. And he's released later that night. Sorry. Oh my God. Me. Lionel Barrymore. I'm sorry for Lionel. <laughs> <laughs> so he's released. He gives a rousing speech from the balcony. Everybody yeah. goes crazy. And you have been credited with organizing the rally that freed uh, your lover. But historians agree that it was unlikely that you actually did that because at the time you had no connections to labor unions or to Juan's political inner circle. Uh, but she's got that it factor. <laughs> it factor, baby. I have to stop you right there. Okay. Who are these historians? These historians? How do we know they're not bots? Uh, bots <laughs> attacking my wiki page. Yeah, maybe these point. are maybe these are Russian uh, agents. Yeah. Maybe these are red uh, red pill. I mean, Trumpers who are uh, trying to ruin your reputation. Yeah, I mean, they could be anybody. But really, I mean. If you are going, if you're just joining us and you're going to. <laughs> We're here with Ava Perone. <laughs> yeah. If you are going to doubt my planning abilities, mm -hmm. you might as well go to sleep and never wake up. Mm. Because that's in totally. You might insane. as well imagine a pillowcase and a pillow exactly. and a bed. Exactly. And I'm then just stop. go right to here. bed. Give oh. this man a shot of espresso. At this, <laughs> at this very moment. My purse is full of confetti, ready to go for a party. Just in case. Just in case. Oh, okay. If, I mean, You're a planner. I am a planner. Gotcha. So without any connections whatsoever, uh -huh. you, you, you know nobody in the labor unions, you know no politicians, you know nothing. Didn't have to. How did you rouse 300,000 people to protest for your husband's release? For, sorry, for your lover's release. You weren't married yet. Right. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you for a clarification. Your sexual lover right. is in prison. You are going to get him out of jail Whoa. so you can continue Whoa. your sexual relationship. Right. How do you do that? How did I how did I do it? Mm -hmm. Very, very easy. I I just started gossiping and started some rumors, some Ooh. fun 
rumors. Oh. I started just te- yeah, started little rumors like around what? town. I said things about myself like I just like a long game of telephone um and was things like oh my god, uh well, I I'm the original Gatsby thing. You know how his big boring secret was like he was actually poor. Mhm. Okay. I did that first thing. I started spreading the rumors like guess what? She's actually from a poor family. Wait, Whoa. and so she being you, of uh, She being me. Right. And then um, I got to be totally honest with you. I don't know why anyone cares about that. Um, just like the Gatsby thing, I think it's uh, like Mary Poppins and Wonderful Life, one of the worst stories ever told. <laughs> that the big secret... I like how many famous stories you have a problem the with. The big Gatsby secret is that Leonardo DiCaprio is poor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so boring. But people love that stuff. So mm. I, I started that, that like, oh, my God, she's actually poor. Did you know? And then people got excited. And then uh, they love a good rags to riches. So then they showed up because I'm attached what, what, to What were they showing up for? Were was because all you all you all you telling me. them is it beats me about, all you're saying is i heard that eva peron me so secretly <laughs> poor yeah Jared, be, were you saying and and she'll be at this this location? is spread jared thank you yeah. okay. so here's the thing you and me both are totally confused why anyone cares but <laughs> look how many people to this day how many teachers how many totally sick teachers force these kids to read the great gatsby the big cliffhanger is he was poor. No, that's not my my issue. Is not on how how scandalous that was. It's a horrible book. It's that it's They're that worse. you weren't giving any information about like where to show up or when or anything. You were just telling people that you might have been poor growing up. Right. Well, then they so started then... spying on me and following me around. Oh, I see. Hence, followed me to the big rally. I see. So you ha- you basically have like three hundred thousand people just like trailing you. Yeah. And you lead them to the Capitol building. Exactly. I you was know. able to connect those dots so easily. <laughs> I know. Thank you. That's you just my have fault to, for being You dense, have to then. create buzz. You have to create buzz. Yes. Mm. Buzz is so important. But ultimately, why I'm here is to let people know that The Great Gatsby is one of the worst books ever. It is written. complete garbage from Ava Poderon. If you're just joining us, this is Famous Dead People on Radio Free Brooklyn. And my guests today are former First Lady of Argentina, uh-huh. Ava Peron. And early 20th century American actor Lionel Barrymore. Yes. Uh, let's go back over to Lionel Barrymore for just a moment. So I don't want to harp just on the um, uh, the the things that you did in your career that maybe didn't work out so well. Do what you want. But must. there was a, a performance of Macbeth that you did that I wanted to ask you about because they mentioned it in the Wikipedia. 1921. Now that's a good show. 1921. Mm. Macbeth is is it's a classic, you know. Uh, Look it up. You perform the titular character of Macbeth. Yes. In a show on Broadway, the production encountered strong, unbelievably strong negative criticism and closed early. Yes. Uh, But at this point in your career, you're a seasoned theatrical actor. You should have been able to deliver a compelling Macbeth. Was there some reason that that production didn't go well? They didn't say what the nature of the criticism was. They didn't say what they didn't like about the show. So what was wrong? What happened? This was on me. This was all on me. I wanted to expand what theater could do. Ooh, okay. I wanted to push the boundaries of the stage. Experimental. Yes. So I wasn't trying to break the fourth wall. I was trying to establish there was no fourth wall. So I 
performed with my back to the audience. <gasps> because if if these people are watching something, who's to say the actors are facing them the whole time? Why yeah. are they always wow. right? So a little I just a little theater verite, if you will. What? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yes. What? Uh, Was moving, that French? Moving on. Oh, yes. <laughs> so I I, my back wasn't always to the audience, but I. But it was mostly. I, it was to the mo I, Sometimes I would perform to the wings. Okay. Because, when, la, that's what life is. Yeah. Mm. Life, life is three hundred and sixty degrees. Sometimes oh. people have their back towards you. Sometimes when somebody yes. is going through a crazy uh, personal thing in their life, they're uh -huh. not presenting it out to an audience. They're doing it in a closed way or oh, in a different direction. Unless so that you, was my fault. Unless you do the mo <laughs> that moth story thing. Mm -hmm. What do you mean unless you do that moth story thing? What does that mean? The moth is the worst idea <laughs> anyone has ever had. God, Eva Perone, just the hating most left and right. self-indulgent piece of shit. Someone has straight shooter. poured her a glass of haterade <laughs> and she has not put it down. It's just water. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you're Macbeth. A little too ahead of its time. I take, the, I take the blame. Gotcha. So, wow. didn't anybody try to stop you? Was anybody like, I think things aren't going great. Maybe you can turn and face the audience for a little bit of this production, Lala Bear. I don't know if you're gonna believe this, but everyone tried to stop me, <laughs> and I wouldn't listen. Oh, good. I was, I take the blame for that. Gotcha. They were right. I was wrong. Everybody from start to finish, they're just like, you got to turn around. You got to turn around. Even people in the around. audience, turn around. Right. Lionel Barrymore. I don't know how you burped and talked at the same time. I It's like a ventriloquist act. I I can uh, I play the didgeridoo. Mm -hmm. I can I can double breathe. You are that, Oh, that, you're yes. a tuvan throat singer. Yes, impressive, yes. impressive human yes. being. Uh let's go back over to Ava Perone for a moment. Breathing is what it's called. Yes. yes. So, uh your your uh your lover Juan, now oh. your husband is elected president of Argentina. Finally. And uh, only two years after you met him, uh, you're now first lady of Argentina. You decide to go on a European tour where you meet all the heads of various European countries. Yes. And for some reason... They speak French in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert. Watch out. You were aware that they spoke different languages in different countries, Ava Perón. I was. I mm -hmm. was. I was. Oh, because you're from a different country. What? You're from Argentina. <gasps> right. So different so than America. I was, but... Yeah. I hear you and I see you, Lionel. Thank you. <laughs> but the thing that I thought was so weird about this is, you know, you're the first lady of Argentina. Uh -huh. You are meeting with these foreign leaders. It mm -hmm. seems like a pretty standard uh, state trip, but it was controversial. Some countries did not want you to be there. Some countries snubbed you. Like England was like, we're not going to meet with you. Ooh. We're not going to welcome you. Uh, and in Switzerland, there were protesters who threw rocks at your car, <laughs> broke your car window. They threw tomatoes at you. You got tomato juice on your dress. And for the life of oh, me, no. I can't figure out why these people would not want you to go visit them. Well, I I can see why you don't wouldn't understand this. Mm -hmm. I mean, look me up. I'm a super hot lady. And... You're very beautiful, <laughs> Ava Perone. And might, may I say, you're keeping it tight. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, it was so, a compliment. <laughs> so? sit, sit down, Jared. Get off the table, crawling towards you. I'm sorry, I've just been inspired. Ugh. I'm doing like a so, little Britney Spears crawl across the table. If I was 20 years younger, I'd whop you. You'd give me a smack on the yes. jaw? Yes, a baseball bat to the throat. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, I mean, first of all. Still a be very beautiful woman. Threatened by the mm -hmm. beauty. Mm-hmm. 
classic issue and threatened by the power suits and that I would wear. I mean, and then threatened by, you know, that it factor, very jealous. Mm. Everyone in politics wants to be a movie star and wants to have that ability to, like, get through to the people, but very few have that. That's right, you know, but you had I, it. I had the JFK thing, Yeah, you, know? you had it in spades. Very much so. Yeah, it was, like, on tap for Ava Perón. Very much. Mm -hmm. So they were super jealous of mm -hmm. that <laughs> now some of your uh uh political rivals they were saying that the reason for this entire european tour was so that you could sneak embezzled money into a swiss bank account right. is there any truth to that rumor a thousand percent wait so that rumor was true that you were yes. embezzling money from argentina jared you have to live your life <laughs> and you have to do what you have to do again manipulation a beautiful word. Wait, no. You're saying embezzling also is a beautiful word? It's right under there on the umbrella of manipulation. Jared, you cannot... That's money. Get it. That's your country's money. That's the money that should be going towards social programs and infrastructure. Oh, I mean, and it did, but I needed to put a little somewhere else you for got a little, emergencies. We need, yeah, you got to give mama a little taste, you know? <laughs> mama needs to wet her beak a little bit, you know? I gotta. Did you say needs to wear a beak? No, wet her beak. Oh, okay. Mama's got to wet her beak. Yes, That is the expression go. Uh, a lady's got to eat, uh -huh. and mama's got to wet her beak. The Eva Peron <laughs> story. Yes, and so, the, yes, exactly. So you arranged this whole European tour, the quote-unquote rainbow tour, they called it, just so that mm -hmm. you could sneak embezzled money into a Swiss bank account? Yep. But now, does that money still exist somewhere? Because I didn't read anything about anybody finding Eva Peron's secret Swiss bank account ever. Well, of course not. Because like Genghis Khan, who knows where it is now? <laughs> Like, like where Genghis Khan is physically? <laughs> we don't know. Or like no where? <laughs> exactly. No, no one has found yes. his grave. That's a really good point. If you have found Genghis Khan's grave, please call, call in. in. <laughs> we want to hear about but it. But yeah, my rainbow tour was a huge smash, and I needed to have a little money on the side, you know, in case all hell broke loose. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, uh, that makes sense. And I mean, I'm sure people can forgive you for embezzling a little bit of money from right. skimming a little bit off the top of Argentina's vast economy. You know. You can't go from boxcar child to wunderkind without, you know, a little sidestep. Without uh, getting a little hustle. Without getting your hustle A, a Swiss bank account is just a beautiful, it's a larger scale equivalent to keeping money in your sock drawer. Hmm, okay. You know, I've never thought about it. It seems a lot more innocent that way. Totally. I like that. Okay. Moving uh, on. Moving on <laughs> to uh, Lionel Barrymore. So you eventually move over from... Uh, Broadway to film acting and directing. Oh, it's true. Move. And I yes. wanted to ask you about a couple of things from your early uh, film career. Ah, fire uh, away. So you directed an early talkie, and the Wikipedia says that you were the first film director to move a microphone on a soundstage. Quite an right? honor. But yes. I'm wondering, what does that mean exactly? What What was it like beforehand, and what did you do? Well, we we we. Made we sh we shot a scene, okay, and we needed to move on, and shoot somewhere else. Okay, I picked up a microphone, <gasps> and I carried it into the next room. Oh, that's what that's what I did. Wait, so so you're the first director to have ever just to move a microphone. Moved a microphone. Yes, you film a scene, you say yes. cut. Yes, you're gonna move to the next place, then you move the microphone from that well, room to the next room. What were you, they doing? You might not know this about movies, but there okay. are people who have 
jobs that that's their jobs they're lighting people they do the lights costumes do do costumes makeup does makeup nobody messes with anyone's shit mm-hmm. to use yes. the word that ava loves yes. and we <laughs> that's we, my word yes we so we started doing talkies which is movies with talking in them yes and we didn't hire anyone to move the microphone <gasps> And who's going to do it? The costume person? No. no. The makeup so person? That no. Because you didn't hire anybody to move microphones. Yes. Well, the microphones are just staying where they were? Well, that's what, yeah. Somebody, Jared, we didn't know. Yeah. Well, we what had did to you move do, them. What did you do to film the next scene to get sound? No. So this was the first movie with sound. <laughs> okay. And the, the first scene in a talkie. Can I ask With a how, microphone. How old and then were we co- you when this happened? Eight. 30, 50, I, I don't know. I've always been old. But 8, 30, yes. 50. Yeah, I don't know. So this was the first scene. It was, I don't know, if, I don't know why people talk about this. Yeah. I, was, I, I was the first director to direct a talkie scene that had mm. microphones in it. Wow. The fact wow. that I moved a microphone, you had to do that. Can, I ask, you, can I ask you something else from later That's like on? saying the, uh, the first person who turned off a light when they were done with it. Gotcha. Go ahead. <gasps> That's not a big deal. No. Uh, can I ask you about this? Later on in your career, you had terrible arthritis. Yes. Um, you uh, you tripped over a cable. It's, is it obvious? When you're, I'm on a ball on the floor. When you were when you're 59 years old, you tripped over a broken cable. You broke your hip. Yes. And the story goes that the injury was so painful to you that MGM bought you $400 worth of cocaine every day to help you deal with the pain and allow you to sleep. I didn't is trip. That, I was shoved that, by what? Shirley Temple. Oh, my God. That's that not even the brat. point of my question. Yeah. Wait, so she was Shirley Temple was trying to sabotage your career? She ev- she saw everyone as a threat. It's not like you guys were up for the same parts. I you agree. were an old man. I agree. Oh, wow. She was really just, just uh, throwing elbows yeah, all yes, over the but place. But the, the cocaine, 1,000% true. But yes. it was helping you go to sleep? Does, did cocaine work differently back then? Cause... Yes, because if you have ADHD mm-hmm. and you take an upper... It actually makes you calm down and focus. Oh, yes. I know plenty that. of people who take a shot of espresso right before bed who have ADHD. Oh, so it makes sense. Lionel, I get the sense you have severe ADHD, so it makes sense that Coke yes. helps you <laughs> take a nap. It's true. I am on <laughs> medical cocaine right now just to and follow the, the question. And the cocaine would help you with the pain as well. Of course. Medical cocaine. Medical yes. cocaine. Okay. Prescribed uh, by a movie producer. We are... <laughs> I forgot that they had that uh, they had that ability yes. back then. Uh, you yeah. know, we're quickly running out of time. <gasps> so for our final question, uh, no let's speed go, round. Let's go over to uh, Eva it. Peron. Oh, a speed round would be so a good idea. You, 1951. You're 32 years old. That's a uh, terrible year. You and your husband and a terrible age. are extremely popular in Argentina. So uh, the labor unions, they hold this mass rally of two million people. You and your husband address the crowd from this balcony, and the crowd begins to chant for you to announce whether or not you're going to be running for vice president, which is something that you had teased that you might do. And the Wikipedia says that there was like a conversation going on between you and this crowd, you asking for more time to announce and them chanting for the announcement. Um, is that right? Like it was, a, it was a legitimate back and forth between you and this crowd chanting back at you? Yes, because they'd gotten so used to my radio mm-hmm. show where it was a real call and response. Because they could call in and mm. say things to exactly. you. Exactly. But so, with the crowd was like chanting in unison things at you. Yes, and so we were doing this like dialogue. It was like the original like like uh, instant messenger. They just thought like boom, bam, like 
you know, we could just do a nice dialogue back and forth. Can so you quickly. tell me like one of the things they would chant at you? Yes. Oh, Jared made a little little oh, motion. Like, just another peek behind the curtain for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> so I'd be like, I'd be like, you guys. And they'd say, yes. And then I'd say, I, I, I don't know. And they're like, what don't you know? And they're I'd, chanting this in unison. There's two yes. million people. Okay. And they just knew like, and then I'd be like, you guys. And they'd say, what? And it was like just constant. And my husband would not get annoyed because he understood he was only popular because I was extremely popular. You had yes, the that's right. Yes. But every time I said you guys, they'd say what? <laughs> and so then it would just go back and forth, back and forth, endless, endless, endless. Mm. But, but then, of course, you did not run for vice president because of your failing health. And because you had pressure from the military to not run, correct? Well, yes. And also, I, I wanted to focus on other things. Ooh, like what? Well, I, little known fact, I was the first person to come up, be a celeb, celebrity who also had a perfume. <laughs> so you wanted to get out of politics. To focus on your perfume. To life. focus on my scent. Let's correct that Wikipedia, guys, because that's nowhere in there. And unfortunately, that is all the time we have for this week's episode no. of Famous Dead People. Oh. I would like to thank my guests, uh, Lionel Barrymore and Eva Peron, for yeah. joining me in the studio today. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Jared Berenstein. You can check out all my stuff at jaredberenstein.com. Buy my book, The Kelly and Conway Technique. If you're listening to this on the radio, find the podcast. We got all the old episodes on there. <gasps> Rate and review. Leave a comment. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. I got some videos coming out soon that'll be really fun. Hit us up at Famous Dead People at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. We're here every Monday at 3 p.m. on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. This was fun. Yeah. yeah. Lionel Barrymore. <laughs> what if I did the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll do like um um hello. Oh my gosh. It's hard does anyone not like me? This shouldn't be this slow. The volume's turned all the way up, and that's concerning to me.